Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Hebrews 10.32. Go ahead, Hebrews 10.32. This morning I have standing strong in troubled times. Uh, The title is exactly what I'm going to be talking about, how to stand strong, how to be strong, how to live strong when things are bad. Are you all hearing me? Now, I don't know about you, but if I'm living this life out there and in, in life, there are times when there is trouble all around and all you see is storms. I want you to know you have the ability to be able to stand as if you are on a solid rock and not, not be moved by the storm. And so there's a specific um, supernatural power, I'll call it, that we can operate in to be able to handle all that life throws at us. And y'all know life can throw a whole lot of stuff at you, right? A whole lot of stuff. So we're going to look at what that is, but Hebrews 10.32, start off with this. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated. Paul's saying to the Hebrew church, he's saying, I need you to recall what happened in your life a while back when the word of God, word of God became illuminated, it came open, it became something that you saw, you received and experienced. So the word of God's working in their lives. He says, I want you to remember that past. You endured great struggle of suffering. He said, I want you to remember when the word of God illuminated you and then all hell broke loose. And you're going to see that as a pattern in scripture, that when the word of God comes in and that word gets in your heart, all of a sudden things start going crazy. And there is a reason for it. And I want you to understand the reason so that we can have victory over these kind of circumstances in our life. It's not by happenstance. It's something that when you receive the word of God, you're going to be challenged on it. And that's what the enemy does. That's what Mark 4 teaches But here we're seeing that Paul's saying, I want you to remember that illumination. I I want you to remember that word that came in your life and how you endured. The ability to handle and stand up against the storms of life. You endured it. Not you got torn apart, you were broken, you were hurt so bad, you were ready. No, they had the ability to get through the storm. Not get through it and you look like you were beat up by the storm, but to endure it and get through it. And that's what Paul's telling them. This word is something we have to really pay attention to. Like I said, Mark chapter four, the Bible says, when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal the word. When's he come? Immediately. Now, he didn't say, when you're in the bar, Satan comes. When you're, at, you, when you're at the club, Satan comes. See, that's what religious people look at. When people know scripture, they're like going, man, we're a church and Satan's in here. Now, most Christians aren't going to talk that way. They're not even going to, they're going to go, no, that's, that's ridiculous. This is the church. Get thee behind me. We got holy water. No, we got holy walls, whatever. 
No, the enemy's all over the place. If I brought a radio in here with the ability to tune in, you would not believe the ugly stuff I could tune it to. I mean, nasty sounding stuff. Like country. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? I can tune it into something that I believe is politically correct, or I can tune it into fake news. I can tune it. I, right here in this room, I can tune into all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Why? Because that's how this world operates. There isn't a place where the enemy is exempt or, or God's exempt. Not at all. So you need to understand that as you receive the word, that there is an enemy out there. But also you can't look at the enemy as just Satan, devil. It can be the enemy of the argument on the way here. And I just talked to you, I just told you something good, but you're still thinking about the fight. Or I just told you something good and you're thinking, huh, enchiladas or chicken? What are we going to have? And, the, and, and see, the problem is, is we want to say big bad devil, big bad devil. It could be big bad flesh, big bad attitude, big bad offense. Are you guys listening? Big bad religion. It can be all these things. But what you need to understand is the sower sows the word. The word is coming. And that is what we're to receive. And scripture says we're to receive it with joyful gladness. Amen. Not this emotional one, but the supernatural one. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. So in the word, the word is, is so important for it to be planted in you. Remember, again, Jesus talks about in the parable, he says, is the most important parable to understand. He says, if you can't understand this parable, a parable is taking a spiritual truth and aligning it up with a natural principle. So the natural principle of this parable is a farmer sows seed in the ground. And then he shows us different types of ground that seed can be placed in. And he told the disciples something very important. He said this, if you can't understand this, you can't understand any spiritual truth. You have to, you have to get this one. Now, we read it and we go, oh, well, it makes sense because we see it. But he spoke to them first in, in a way where that natural principle is hidden. Then he defined it for them in the one that makes sense. A farmer sows seed in the ground. Sometimes the seed lands on hard ground. Sometimes the seed lands on stony ground. Sometimes the, land, the, 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 the seed is sown on ground and weeds crop up with the good Good, the good planting. And then sometimes seed is sown on good fertile soil and it produces 30, 60, 100 fold increase, multiplication. And that's what God wants us to see. He wants us to see this. Now, what I want you to understand is, is when God talks about it hitting good ground, ability to multiply, that's what the devil doesn't want. He does not want that seed to grow. And so he comes immediately. Why? Because you're dangerous with the word of God to him. You are dangerous. Dangerous. 
When you get God's word in you and you, you're hearing that word and you're going, oh man, I got it. You're dangerous to him. See, the enemy isn't this all-powerful super angel. He's not. He's got power, but in, not in the power that Hollywood would make you to believe. He can't physically harm you. He can't cause you to get in a wreck. He can't do anything other than try to enter into this area right here, your thoughts. That's the only place he can try to affect you. I mean, think about it. Even in the very beginning with Adam and Eve, he didn't go, I'm going to make a sword and kill him and just go kill him. He couldn't. What did he have to do? He had to get them to question God. That's the only way he could win. It's still the same battle. And he goes on, look at um, Matthew 13, 21 says this. Here's another one. For when tribulation or persecution arises, now watch this. This is still the, the talking about the different grounds, but it says this, when tribulation, persecution, trials, when they arise because of the word, ever say because of the word, that's, listen, when you get this word in you, the enemy is scared of you. So he wants to get it out of you. So if he can shake you, you'll stop thinking about it. If he can shake you with, with a circumstance, a situation. Well, I tied, then all of a sudden I got laid off from my job. So all of a sudden you're now questioning, is this God? That's it, it, this is how it works. To leave here excited and filled with joy and all of a sudden you get a flat tire. I'm not telling you the devil's out there, you know, putting, you know, nails in the street. Yeah, it probably is the devil, but anyway. Or someone that worships the devil. But, but the point is, is things are going to happen in this world. It's a cursed world. It's a cursed world. It's sin out there. It's ugly out there. We're in it, not of it, but we're in it. So things are going to happen. But you've got to stick to your guns. You've got to stick to what the word of God says, the truth of the word of God. So it says, when tribulation person arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Why do they stumble? Because they don't have a root. They don't have a grounded foundation. It said what? Immediately. Everybody say immediately. That means circumstance hits you immediately going, oh, I guess it doesn't work for me. Let's look at uh, 1033, continuing on uh, on Hebrews. It says, sometimes while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, that this is right now, the church is being persecuted for their stance of faith by the religious, because here it's, it's written to Hebrews, and it's always the, the religious Jews of Israel that are attacking them for their stance of faith in the truth. And so this is saying that here you were persecuted, you were attacked, even when sometimes when you were with your brothers and sisters in faith and you're standing with them as they were being attacked. So it's talking about a lot of, a lot of things coming against them. And look what it says in verse 34. For you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully, everybody say joyfully. Joyful. You joyfully, watch this, accepted the plundering of your goods. I remember the first time I heard that and I go, I don't know how to do that. 
if someone plunders my goods, I'm talking pirate language right now, plunder goods, you're a tough crowd this morning. You guys are all probably angry because you're here and not spending fourth out in the mountains. All right, listen, if someone, if someone steals from you, comes in and steals, steals money from you, steals something from you, this says that they joyfully, they had joy in the reaction. Have you ever read parts of the Bible where you're like going, well, I'm just going to the next yeah. chapter. Anybody in here besides me? I'm the pastor and I do that. Okay, you guys are so much more spiritual. Either way. But there are times when I'm reading this and I'm like going, be honest, God, I don't even know if I could do that. I mean, I just, I'm like, I just don't know. Um, I hope I would react correctly. You know, sometimes I surprise myself. But the, the thing is, just in the natural thinking about it, you know, for years I had a problem with that, you know, turn the other cheek thing. And I thought, man, everybody slapped me in. I ain't, I ain't turning the other cheek. But that was a, that, that's mistranslation as far as what Jesus is talking about. It, it's, it's an attitude we're supposed to carry as followers of him. Do you follow me? So it, it's not like he wants us to be the most wimpy people on planet Earth to where we just get beat up all the time. And we walk around going, Jesus loves you. Hit me again. That's not what he's talking about at all. But it is a concept of not going to war with someone else all the time. You know, you, you have to recognize there are times when uh, someone's going to smack you upside the head and you're like going, whatever, if you do it again, whatever. But the point is, is we look at these scriptures and we can get really, you know, like, gosh, I don't know if I could be a Christian. That, it has zero to do with you becoming a, quote, Christian. It's a place of growing maturity. That's all it is. Children don't get it all right now. They grow. And some get it quicker than others. So if you get an area like this and you're reading it, don't worry about it. Just hear it. Understand it. And recognize that, hey, I'm going to get to that place one day. I'm not going to promise you I'm going to get there. So it says, and joyfully you accepted plundering of your goods. Now, what is, how do you do that? And God's going to answer it. Knowing that. Everybody say knowing that. See, when you have a knowing that, that's what gives you the ability. Like I said, I heard the slap cheek turn the other one. But I didn't know that. So I looked at it as, forget that, I ain't doing that one. Or they take your coat, give them the rest of your clothes. You're like going, I ain't doing that either. What am I, goodwill? And think about it. I mean, it's just, you, you're looking at these scriptures and they're like going, I, it's like, I just ain't going to happen. But the thing is, is knowing that wasn't there. But now that I, knowing that, you can take my coat, I'm going to give you whatever coats you want because knowing that, I'll get better ones because it's happened in my life. Knowing that, I'll get something better. You want to you wanna do hit that, break that? That's okay. Fine. Knowing that, I'm going to get a better one. Are you all with me? The enemy has learned that in my house. If, if you want to mess with my refrigerator, knowing that, I'll get a better one. You want to mess with my washing machine, knowing that, I'll get a better one. I'm not going to let him win. He's not going to win victory, have victory over me with me, you know, screaming and crying and throwing a fit. I'm not going to allow it. Knowing that is my life and understanding of what I've had on my journey. He's my provider. He takes care of me. So knowing that, I can have joy. 
Now, does that mean I'm not upset or mad? No. It's a supernatural joy. It's not based upon feeling. It's a joy that rises up knowing that God provides. Knowing that I got a promise of wealth up in heaven. Knowing that. Are you guys getting this? So the knowing that is the key to being joyful if someone robs you. And I'm telling you, it's something very difficult to hear. But when the knowing that is there, it's, it's, not, it's not an issue, is it? So it's the key to being strong in your walk, the knowing that, to have joy in a time of trouble, joy in a time of tribulation. Are you guys hearing me? He goes on to say in 35, therefore, do not cast away your confidence. What? Where's, com where's the confidence? That's the trust. That's the trust and belief in the word of God. He says, therefore, don't throw away what you believe. Now pay attention to what's happening. He's saying, listen, guys, think about the past when that illumination of God's word came in your life and how powerful you felt because you're born again. You're a new child of God. God's with you. He's for you. And you got this illumination and you had the ability to endure. He said, but now you've, got, you've gotten a couple storms, a couple situations more than that. Uh, they're a little more intense now because not only are you been persecuted, but now your friends are persecuted and you've got these issues and battles you're dealing with to where you're getting a little weak feeling. And he says, don't cast away what? Your confidence, which has great reward. Everybody say great reward. The word great is where we get the word mega. The word mega is exactly what God wants us to see in this, is that when you have his word in you, his faith, you will also live an understanding that there is mega rewards in not letting go of your faith in his word. Did I not say faith in his word can bring struggle, right? It brings struggle. So I recognize that. I recognize that, but I also understand that I will endure to the end. I will get through that, not in a, in a beat up state. I'll get through it because I have a knowing that. So I want to get you to the place of knowing that, okay? I want you all to know that so that when it comes, you're, you're going to deal with it. And again, everything in faith is same as the natural principle of spiritual truth. So a four-year-old does not have the same battles as a 16-year-old, correct? They might act the same, but not the same battles, right? So we have different levels of your growth and maturity, how you see things in what you know, and the battle you deal with is, can be more intense than a five-year-old just, you know, missing part of their cereal or whatever than someone that's older, okay? It, it doesn't make them wrong. It doesn't make them less of a person. We understand. Well, it's the same way in the faith. You're all at different levels. Religion judges everybody the same. That's why there's so many religious people. They look at someone and they start judging. If you have wisdom of God's word, wisdom of life, you'll understand that none of us are the same. 
But the word of God is for us to get hold of and start growing, amen, and grow to the next level. Whatever that level is, that's, as a pastor, that's what I want for you. I want you just to grow to the next level. I want you to grow to the next level. It's not go to the next level. It's grow to the next level. Do you guys got that? All right. Everybody growing to the next level. I want you successful. I want you successful in life. I want you to have victory. I don't want the devil to run, you know, to be able to run your life or to, listen, I'm telling you, anything you're getting that's causing fear in your life is not of God. So if you're listening to any of these goofy prophet skippies out there or these people with these new revelations, whatever, and it's producing fear, I'm telling you, it's not God. Because you cannot get God's word and all of a sudden start getting fear. No, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. That's what I believe for God. So the word of God comes in me. Now, can I get fear? Yeah, I can get fear of hearing a word of God because of lack of knowledge. We want to have knowledge, right? Knowledge. Don't cast away your confidence, which has mega reward. Everybody say mega reward. Man, I like that. I like to know that. I like to know my confidence has a reward to it, and it's a mega one. For you have need of, you have need of, don't throw away confidence, confidence, for you have need of, and then it says what? Endurance. I have need of what? Endurance. That endurance actually is, is in connection to being courageous in your endurance. Not the ability to go, <laughs> I'm enduring. I'm going you know, to make it to the end. That's not what God's talking about. He's talking about the courage and ability to endure, to go through anything. In other words, you see the end light. You see the, ton- the light at the end of the tunnel. You, it's okay. It's dark right now, but there's light coming. There's light coming. So he says this, let's look at this again. He says, for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of God, what? Oh, I'm not supposed to quit because it's getting too tough. I'm not, I, I'm not supposed to throw in the towel because we're losing by 30. No, I'm continue to fight, continue to stand. Like Paul says, when you've done all the stand, Stand. That's it. When you've done all the stand, keep on standing. And, the, and in the Greek, we've heard this before, but the stance is not this. The, it's not just standing. We can all stand. It's an attitude in the stance. It's literally a military term. And it's a military term of a soldier standing guard, watching over what he has to protect and defending against the enemy. So when you see that, you see a soldier and you see someone that's like going, step out, I'll shoot. I'm going to protect. I'm going to protect. So when Paul talks about standing, that's what he's saying. He's saying stand with an attitude. Amen. I mean, there's been books about um, success, not Bible books, not Christian books, books about success tied to how you carry yourself, just carrying yourself, how you posture your life, how you walk into the room. You walk in bold, you walk in strong. It's going to portray that. It's a natural principle with human nature. You walk as you have authority. You walk with head up. You walk with security. So here we see the joy taking place 
And when you are talking about joy in the midst of turmoil, then I process this because that is, there's no connection to natural joy with a messed up life, right? Natural joy is, is this. It's something happy, something exciting, something, you know, your favorite movie's coming out. You, 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 you're, you're looking forward to something. So joy is based upon that type of, that motion is based upon that type of experience. So that can go up and down, correct? The Bible joy is supernatural joy. This supernatural joy has the ability to carry you through what natural joy can't. Because natural joy is tied to a good feeling. It's tied to something that's good. Listen, when bad's happening, natural joy is looking around going, there ain't nothing to be happy about right now. Are you hearing me? Listen to me. I'm, I'm trying to help everybody. Listen to the joy that's operating in your life. Because if you're looking for joy to work when things are bad, joy ain't going to show up. It's natural joy. It isn't going to show up. You think I'm supposed to be happy and now I got a flat tire and you talked about joy all morning and now I'm here after church. I got to deal with a flat tire. You tell me I wouldn't need to buy. Not that joy. That joy's gone. He ain't coming back. He's gone. Not till the, the, the thing happens. I'll tell you, joy will arrive and pop back up if someone pulls over and says, hey, I'll change it for you. And then all of a sudden joy comes back. I'm back. I'm back. You go, where were you before? Well, I thought we were going to have to change it. See what I'm saying? That's not, that's, that's not a good joy. It's good in the natural for us to have the emotional joy. But I want this power. I want the power joy. I want the joy that, that God's showing me in his word that takes me to the place of where I really want it. It's not hard that you give me a check for a million dollars and I get joyful. That's not hard. That's not hard. But if you give me a bill for a million dollars, joy, joy is nowhere to be found. Supernatural joy has to come in. Oh, I'm not there yet. We don't even talk about that one. Million dollar bill, I'm not there yet, okay? So here we look at when joy is stolen or robbed from us, it's only because of what we believe. What you believe. Now, if God's word comes in, just like it says, you're illuminated and you able, you have the ability to endure the problems. When God's word is in, when it's operating, you have the ability to handle the ugly. Isn't that something? It, that's what we want. We all want this. We really do. We, we want to be able to endure. We want to handle this stuff. I know it's true. So here we, we, we see these, the, the truth of God's word opening it up to us. Now let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Paul is um, talking to the church in Thessalonica, and this is pretty cool, but he says this. And you became followers. Oh, that actually is the, the Greek word, imitators. And you became imitators of us and of the Lord. 
So he says here, he says, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. Having received the word in much affliction, there it is again, the word of God is always going to be attacked. It's always going to be attacked. It's so many people attacked now. They, they're, they're, they either turn on or turn off. I don't want to hear this because it's so close to home. That's so wrong. Let it get close to home. Let the word step on your toes. But always understand this. The toes stepping on, the uncomfortability is never, ever, ever to hurt you, ever. But that's how we're trained. We're trained the spanky is for to hurt you. But God's word, the spanky, is supposed to love you. See, I just showed you another analogy that you're probably battling because your assumption is still tied to the natural. Got a spanky. I'm bad. I'm no good. I should know better. No, if you don't know, what, why would you say you should know? That's the concept of religion. Everybody in here is on different levels. Whatever level you're at, grow. That's all. It's so much we need to understand about the simplicity in Christ. And this process will help you grow quicker because you'll start recognizing, okay, I need to fix that. I need to change that. I've done that. I'm wrong. I'm not going to be that way. I'm going to quit doing that. I'm going to fight that. Some quick happens. Sometimes it takes a while. But guess what? Ultimately, it's going to change because my attitude is, I want to do what the word says. Amen? Let's keep going. You receive the word in much affliction, watch this, with joy of the Holy Spirit. That's a supernatural joy. Why? Because the word of God produces the ability to have the supernatural joy. The word in belief is what kicks in the joy. You guys follow me? Not... I've got all the word. The word and belief in the situation at hand can either kick in the power of joy or kick in your belief of defeat. But it's going to be based upon knowing that. So you might be some areas you're like going, get thee behind me, Satan. It's like no big deal. I will laugh my way through this. I'm winning. And it can be other areas where you're like going, oh, God, why'd you leave me? Where you're just feeling so terrible. Over here, you had victory. Over here, you're not. Why? Knowing that. So now all of a sudden, a light bulb goes up. Illumination. Wait a minute. Why am I not having joy right now? I feel miserable. I feel terrible. I feel my marriage this. My family's this. My job's this. Why am I feeling so terrible? And then you realize, ding, knowing that. I need to get a knowing that. So we start getting in the word. I got to get a knowing that, knowing that. All of a sudden, knowing that, the word of God starts building up. And in the midst of tribulation, in the midst of a problem, all of a sudden, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy. You guys don't know that song? I wasn't even in church as a kid. We sing that in youth ministry. So he says this, for... For from you, the word of the Lord has sounded forth, not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but also in every place. Your faith toward God has gone out so that we do not need to say anything. What did he just say? He said this, because of the word of God in you 
and that affliction, the joy, the power of joy rose up within you. Look at this. And you became examples. Everybody say became examples. See, what happened is, is the other churches, other believers were looking at them and going, how can you be happy right now? How can you be happy? And they're saying, and Paul's going, because you imitated me. Listen, everybody in here, hear me. You all are imitators. You're born to imitate. It's in your nature. So don't try to eliminate imitation, unless it's a negative one. But we all imitators. Everybody in here, you're imitating all the time. And all of a sudden, when people start imitating something that's good, it's like, how dare you? What do you mean, how dare you? I need to imitate something right, something good. And that's how we learn. That's how we change. Amen? And again, it's, it's, it's something that people that are just got religion, they can't stand that stuff. Moving right along. You ready? So he's saying that once you were able to go, no, we don't have to be sad in this moment. We got the word of God in us. Paul said that, that Jesus will meet all our needs according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We're not going to fear. We're not going to worry. We're going to get excited. And they started operating that way. The other church, other believers looked at them and go, man, look what you've done. Now look at this. Look what happens by the believers. You ready? It says, from the word of the Lord sounded forth. People started talking about it. Did you know that 80%, at least almost 80% of all church growth is from friend to friend, relative to relative? That's it. Not from visitors, not from pastor running and witnessing at Safeway. Friend to friend, relative to relative. Now think about that. See, here Paul's saying, you all took the word of God in the midst of trouble and started being happy, and it impacted everywhere. Isn't that something? I know I have testimonies out here of people that, have, that you received Jesus, you've been walking this faith, and you have been an example to family members that go, you ain't the same person anymore. Friends, you're not the same person anymore. Man, you act differently. Things are happening. That is the light shining out of you in action, not by words. Words are not going to prove that. It's an action. So you're acting differently. And that's probably one of the best testimonies I have of my life and my journey from what everybody knew about me to where my journey was taking me was a transformation. It was so powerful a transformation that I pretty much won all my family members to Jesus. Grandmas, grandpas, aunts, uncles, you name it. I was winning them all. Apartment complexes, if, if you were gonna get around me, you're gonna get saved. I mean, literally, I was winning everybody to Jesus. It was, it was pretty awesome. But specifically, the people that knew me. People have, an, have a problem with witnessing to people they know or are close to because you act religious, but you have no change. You have religious language, but you don't have change action. And that's when you can't impact someone. It won't happen. And that's when people look, yeah, look at the hypocrites. 
But allow change to take place. It'll happen. I promise you. God's word produces light. And it doesn't produce light because you have knowledge of it. It produces light because you act on it. When you start acting on it. And that's when it impacts people. We want to impact people. Amen? So why does the enemy come after our joy? Nehemiah tells us why. Nehemiah 8.10 says this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Now, the Hebrew word strength is ma-oze, ma-oze. It literally means a fortified place or a place or means of safety. It's a place of protection. The joy of the Lord is your fortified place. The joy of the Lord is your safety. The joy of the Lord is your protection. That Hebrew word is most used concerning God and us as his children. That that word is used when we trust in God and we can run to him and he fortifies us. That's pretty powerful. So when you see that word, the joy of the Lord is our, this place of security, then, then you know that, wait a minute, if I'm dealing with an insecure situation, the joy of the Lord is that power and that strength. Amen? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The word of God will bring that joy. And that's what we have, knowing that. Amen? And it brings security. So Jeremiah 15, 16 says this, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Notice again, there's that supernatural joy for I am called by your name. So when you start hearing the word of God, uh, one of um, the, I would say the main message that transformed my life into where I am right now is the new creation. That, that completely transformed me. New creation realities, the understanding of what happens when you become born again, what takes place. Pastor Lau's got a good book on that, by the way, that can help you understand that, your new identity in Christ. But the point is, is that instruction, that teaching took me to the whole different level. And it's, it's complete truth that can never be left. It's one plus one equals two. So these truths are something I don't grow out of. I will not come out to a new revelation. These are the truths that I know that I know that I know. And that's what changed my life, transformed my life. And it's, again, the new creation. So here he's saying this, that when you get this knowledge, this understanding, it will produce the ability to have supernatural joy. And that supernatural joy will carry you through, be able to get you on a solid place in the midst of a mess. Amen? In the midst of a mess. Psalms 19.8 says, the words of the Lord are right, brings rejoicing in the heart. God's word will do what? Bring rejoicing in the heart. Psalms 119.111, your word, your testimonies, I have taken them as a heritage forever. I'm taking them as this is part of my life for they are rejoicing of my heart. Notice when it, the word of God is connected to bringing joy in your life. Well, I'll tell you what, you, you getting religious instruction, you ain't getting joy. You getting works and legalism, there is no joy. You get truth in God's word, it will produce joy. 
it will produce joy. Amen? And that's what we want to see. Let me give you a couple of joy insights. The power of joy is released when we believe what God says in his word and act upon it. That's faith and action. The word, the power of joy is released when we believe the word of God and we act upon it. So you get in a situation where things are, you know, all, all bad, believe the word of God and act on it in the midst of the situation and it will bring the power of joy. It will bring the power of joy. Are you guys hearing this? Faith that isn't based on the word is not faith at all. It is presumption or superstition. That is, a, that is a fact you need to understand. If your faith or your belief is not based upon the word, you're going to get carried away in presumption. When people come up with weird doctrines or weird beliefs, it's just because of a lack of foundation of God's word. We like to fill in the blanks. We don't have answers. We want to start creating the answers. The best place to be is, I don't know. I'm not sure that's in the word, so I'm not going to accept it. I'm not going to receive it. That's how you get out of messes. But if you start putting in stuff, you know, try and force a piece of the puzzle that doesn't go there, you know, you can jam it in there, but ultimately you're going to have to take it out if you want to see the picture correctly, right? So, Faith that isn't based on the word is not faith at all. It's presumption or superstition. Joy that isn't the result of faith is not joy at all. It's only a good feeling that soon disappears. Joy that isn't the result of faith is not joy at all. It's only a good feeling that will soon disappear. And faith based on the word will produce joy that will overcome the stores of life. Faith based on the word will produce joy that will overcome the storms of life. So those things that you have to look at and say, okay, when we're looking at joy, you're looking at the word. When you're working at, looking at the word, you have the opportunity for the power of joy in your life. You know, it's, it's just believing. Y'all got this? It's believing. Psalms 24.10, it says, if you don't faint, I mean, Proverbs 24.10, if you faint or falter in times of trouble, if you faint or falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? Now think about that. It just told me my strength is weak because I'm fainting or faltering right now. And what we find out about where's our strength from? The joy of the Lord is your strength. So ultimately think about this. Your area that you're uh, lacking in is the power of joy. If you faint or falter in times of trouble, how small is your strength? If I build strength, it's actually I'm building joy. How am I building joy? Knowing that. I'm building knowing that. And as I build knowing that in the time of trouble, my strength is powerful. Why? Because I'll operate in joy. Joy is knowing. This is what God's word says. It's true above the natural truth. True above the natural truth. All right? So strength comes from joy. If you're fainting under pressure, it's because joy has been diminished. You got to build up that joy. That means build up the word of God. John 15, 11 says this. Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy 
may be full. Everybody say joy may be full. Listen, God is not looking. Jesus is not looking to give you a piece of joy. I give you a segment of joy. Jesus wants you walking in this life full of joy. Full of joy. Full of joy. That means complete to the limit. What he wants us to be able to do is handle every situation with the power of joy. Does that mean you're going to get it today? No. We're going to grow to that. Amen. We're going to grow. So I'm going to find an area where, man, I'm laughing my way out of this mess. <laughs> and I'm feeling it. And this is like, whatever. I got you. And then there's going to other times when I'm going to be crying. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What do I need? I need to recognize strength is weak. Get the word built up. My strength will be strong. Amen. Y'all got that? James 1, 2 says, brethren, count it all joy. And we've heard this many, many times. It's the Greek word, kara, I mean, yeah, Greek word kara, and it literally means it's throw a party. It's have a celebration. Now think about this. The Greek and James is saying, brothers and sisters, throw a body, throw a party, throw a body, <laughs> throw a party when you come into various trials, various pressures. Now think about this. James is saying this. When you come into a situation, a circumstance where it's all filled with pressure, he said what? Throw a party. Now, does that make sense? No. In the natural, it doesn't. But he's telling us something. He says, all right, let's put it this way. When you come into ugly situations, He's saying, you need to get excited and joy needs to rise up about. Yeah. How does joy rise up in circumstances? Well, you, you have joy rising up because, you know, it's your birthday coming up or an anniversary party coming up. or some, you, You're looking at a celebration coming, coming toward you and joy rises up. The natural joy rises up, right? right. And now, Paul, and the word of God's telling you now, hey, when you see that things are getting terrible, have that joy rise up. And you're like going, what? Are you kidding me? That's very difficult, is it not? Yeah. Well, because the joy of receiving something in the natural is already there. You ever seen a child throw a fit because they're getting a present when they're little or a toy? They get a present or a fit when they don't get it. Mine. I want that. But you give a child, it's like, they're all excited, right? It's part of our human nature. So that, that part of joy is there. And as that joy rises up, it's because of the expectation, the good, the exciting, the feeling, the celebration. I got joy, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. And you, you got a, a, a vacation plan that you are excited to go. You're excited before. You ain't even gone yet and you're excited. Amen? Well, what is that? That's expectation. Because you don't know that on that day, there's going to be a massive monsoon. It's going to knock that party out and you ain't going to have one. And you had a joy all the way up to that point. And you were experiencing ecstasy. And then all of a sudden, bam, it's gone. That's natural joy. Remember how good you're feeling the day before and the week before? You were looking forward to the time of your life. 
And then the airline says, now we're canceling flights for a month. Well, I can't get off after that. You were so excited until, are you hearing me? Okay, now that natural joy has been given to us when what? When we have an expectation of something exciting happening for us. Okay, now let's look at the power of joy. Is this supernatural joy, this power of joy, not the same feeling or experience? No, it's the same feeling or experience. It operates in a way that's different from the natural because it's not based upon the circumstance. It's based upon truth. So now your feeling of ecstasy and excitement is tied to truth that doesn't change. So now that joy is lasting. That's where God wants you. Why? Because in the problem, it can be all over the place. But this joy in the, in the supernatural is stable. It's stable. So as everything's going like this, you're stable because of the word. Amen? Are you guys seeing this? All right. So after he says, throw a party, get excited when you fall into various trials, knowing. Everybody say knowing. This is a key again. Why, why would I be excited in tribulation, in pressures of life? Why would I? James, tell me why. Because knowing that the testing of your faith, this is a testing of my faith when I, well, what is faith, people? What's, what's, what's faith? Belief. Exactly. The testing of your belief. What belief? The belief in, do you believe God's word or you don't? Do you believe it? Are you believing? I, this is why I look at it. Years ago, you could see this totally as a negative. I see it more as a positive now because in my life, I look at my life, I, I try as hard as I can in a correct way. And that is, if it's a belief issue, I know I can fix it. So I have an area that I'm weak in an area, I recognize it. And so I have to fix the belief issue. It could be something quick, or it could be something that's going to take a little time. But I have to build up the belief. The trying of my belief does what? It says the trying of your belief produces something. Produces the agricultural term. That's a process of growth. Gosh, you guys, get this. Don't, don't I want everyone to quit assuming that this is here, done, change, boom. Next, here, done, change. It doesn't work that way. Now, you can get transformation quick, but that's because of where you're at in the knowledge you're already got. So you've built upon that to where you're at that stage of, I got it. But it didn't happen right away. It took time. So in the place of, your, of, you, of you following Jesus, know there's areas you're weak at, areas you're strong at, areas you're middle ground at. That's okay. That's okay. I'm telling you, the word's crystal clear in this. If you don't take off that old person, it's going to drive you to the ground because it's always tied to one major area in your life. You know what it is? Identity. Most Christians in here as well, your failure is tied to your own personal image of yourself. That's what I try to change and try to get you to understand over and over again. 
you can think it's all kinds of stuff, but ultimately it comes down to how you truly see yourself. I, I want that fixed. I want you winning. But the only way that's going to happen is that image of yourself becomes more valuable about how you feel about yourself. When that starts becoming valuable, then you have the ability to accept change, transformation. Why? Because you're worth it. It's no longer tied to, well, I don't know, so I'm cheap. I don't know, so I'm not worth much. That's why, that's why people always have to have an answer. Why? Because we're trained. If you don't, you're a dummy. And Christians do it all the time. Sad. The best thing to do is go, I don't know. I don't have a clue what you're talking about. Good, because then you have the opportunity to know. But sitting there going, yeah, yeah. And you walk away and go, what the heck was he talking about? That you had an opportunity to learn and grow. But that's what the world does. That's why it's, it's an heiress form that has to happen over and over again. Take off your old nature. Put on the new. Put on that new person. Not every day. Put on the new person all the time. When the, when the, when the situation demands it, put on the new. Take off the old. It isn't like I put it on today, automatically it's going to happen. That's goofiness. It's all the time. Put on the new man. I'm talking to us all. We all screwing up. We all going to do dumb. Everybody in here. So I'm not trying to say, y'all need to act perfect all the time. Because that's when the husband goes to the wife going, you don't hear nothing. You're going to put on the old flesh, you know, just attacking each other with God's word. And they don't work that way. Everybody's at different levels and seasons and everything else. We just need to know, I want this truth, amen? I want to grow, I want to grow. He says, have patience, have its perfect work. Allow it to happen. And then it's the craziest scripture, finishing of scripture that I know of, and it's this. That you may be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. How would you like to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing? Just pinpoint something in your life and you want perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Marriage, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Kids, perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Job, perfect. Pick anything. Now go backwards. I want my relationships to be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. Well, then I need patience. What? No, I need to pinpoint how bad they are. I need to show them what they need to change in. I need to fix, no. It said, walk it backwards, have patience. <laughs> Let patience have its perfect work. Well, how do I have patience? Walk it backwards. Are you guys seeing this? Patience, well, what produces it? My faith that's being tested. My belief. Yeah, but I love them. Now, I don't know if I love them. There's your test right there. See, you, you're not going to get complete, perfect, lacking anything because you gotta, you got to get this thing in the progression that God says. Faith is being challenged. Your belief is being challenged, tested. What is your faith, your belief? Don't just look Christianese at it. Belief. It's not just a scripture. It's life. Belief. Belief's being challenged right now. Belief's being challenged. What do I need to do? I need to win. I need victory in this. So how do I, how do I win this? Joy. 
wait a minute, no, I'm not going to fall for, you know, I got a loser for a wife, a loser for a husband. I'm not going to fall, my kids are forever gone. No, I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to fall for that. I have joy because God's word says this about my kids, says this about my wife, says this about my husband, says this about, it says this. The word of God says this, so my belief now is stable. Now I recognize, okay, but that stability Let's let it walk. Let's let it produce because I'm going to produce something that is going to take me through the trial. It's what? Endurance. And as I endure and complete, that thing is growing now. And it's growing and growing to where? Till it's perfect, complete, lacking nothing. And that's where God wants us to go. He wants us to all go. Listen, all through Paul's word, Paul talks so many times about joy about being joyful. I mean, he's consistently talking about joy. So what do we have? We have joy impacting where it doesn't look like it should be impacting. How can be joy, Paul be so joyful of his memories? Because look what happened when he was there. He goes, I remember how awesome it was. And I'm so excited for you guys because you're doing the right thing. That's what we need to be, amen? We need to be doing the right thing, living the life of joy, letting that word, hey, we know the word. So we're going to, knowing that, to have joy in every circumstance, situation. Father, we thank you for the word, the truth, the word of God. And we believe with all our heart that this supernatural joy is ours because we have belief in the word. We will operate in this word. We will walk in this word. And that supernatural joy will rise up in the midst of all ugly around us. And we will endure and have victory. And it will be light that will be seen by others in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, y'all guys, have a joyful day today. Love you. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.